Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from, people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everybody, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I'm Susan Vanden Heuvel and I am honored to be your host again this week. Thank you for tuning in. It's such an honor that you're here. It means so much to me. Uh, you are going to love my guest today as much as I do. She's actually a returning guest. Uh, I had her on Oh gosh, it's probably been maybe like six months ago, something like that. I don't know, time flies. But <laughs> um, anyway, you're going to love her. You're really going to, I think, appreciate the conversation we're going to have. We're going to talk about overcoming jealousy. And, um, we, you know, we all we all have been there. We all have experienced, experienced that. And it's not always, well, it never is warm and fuzzy, but God wants to set us free from that. So um, before we dive into that conversation, allow me to introduce to you once again, welcome back to the show, Stephanie Anderson. Thank you. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here, Susan. This is an honor. I'm really, I'm really excited to talk about this and go deep with our listeners today and to see what God does and see the amount of freedom. And honestly, thank you so much for this invitation. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to do this with you. Yeah, I'm so honored that you're here. Tell us a little, um, a little bit about you, where you're coming at us from. It's very early where you are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's um, seven in the morning. So I'm a I'm married and I have two boys. They are crazy, um, but I love them so much. So my husband and I were pastors at a church. We're on staff at Manor House in Portland, Oregon, and I'm an author. I'm a blogger. I'm a speaker. And my heart is to lift women up, to honor women, um, to encourage them to follow the call that God has on their life. And um, part of that includes getting into really hard conversations. And so I'm really excited for this, but that's a little bit about who I am. I love coffee. I love Mexican food. You got to turn the music up. I don't like doing chores. You know what I mean? (laughs) So that's who I am. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we were um, we were talking before I hit record here and, and just talking about the different time zones because this podcast, I don't know if you know, but it actually reaches other countries um, mm, like wow. um, listeners in Italy and England and, and all of that. So I don't know. I don't, I don't have the mental capacity to try to figure out those time <laughs> zones, but I was doing it with your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and had to put uh, my thinking cap on in scheduling this because I'm yeah. 
Central Standard Time and you are on the West Coast. So um, we were, you know, just laughing before we hit record here that we're both well caffeinated and ready, locked yeah. and loaded and ready to roll here. <laughs> um, no matter what it takes. <laughs> no matter what it takes. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Stephanie, is your depth. You have so much depth to you and that you are willing to, you know, really just have those hard conversations in really, you know, the heartbeat, I think for both of us is to, you know, just connect with women and foster space for them to connect and, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to feel like this is safe space and not a judgment-free zone. And Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about it. Let's try to figure out how we can navigate through it, overcome because that's what, that's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to feel tethered and bound to jealousy. All right. So Mm -hmm. we've talked about, uh, you know, we've all experienced it. We've all seen it show up. It's, it's not warm and fuzzy, does not feel good. It definitely does not foster healthy relationships. And so mm-hmm. maybe that's, you know, really the, the best place to begin is acknowledging that we've all experienced it. Why, why do you think that it's important that we just, you know, are honest? Can we just be mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. and say, me too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking about where this starts for me and I know I think for all of us, you know, the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump and to go, to go really deep right away, Satan does his best work in the dark. He does not want us to bring issues into the light. And so, and what happens is, is that we end up taking our eyes off of God and putting our eyes on other people or on ourselves. I think the other reason why it's important to talk about this is so that other leaders who are listening, they have permission to acknowledge this, um, that it gives them language, that they have permission, rising leaders who are coming behind us going, okay, I can process this and I can struggle and then I can wrestle and then I can have victory because I'm hearing somebody else talk about it. So I think that's why it's important, first of all, for ourselves, but then because we're leaders and it gives other people permission to go into that dark, scary place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just so echo everything that you said, you know, being willing to um, kind of pull the shades back a little bit. Yeah. Because I think that so often, especially when it comes to topics like this, it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, you're talking about the dark. And so we, you know, the enemy yeah. convinces us that you can't share that with somebody with a trusted right. person because mm-hmm. they're going to judge you. They're going to, mm-hmm. you know, criticize you They're you know, all of that. And so we, mm-hmm. we listen to that. And so we just kind of try to figure it out on our own suffering alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Dark. Um, yes. When, when we do what, you know, what, what James says, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bringing these things to, yes. um, you know, to share with, with trusted people so mm-hmm. that we can be healed, you know, and the, um, and find support and find encouragement. And I think that when, as leaders, we're willing to admit that, 
Yeah, me too. You know, I have mm-hmm, struggled mm-hmm. with that. And in fact, you know, um, you know, maybe you're listening today and you would say, I'm struggling with it right now. Matter of fact, yeah. you know, I, I think that when one person, it just takes one person to yes. be open and admit mm-hmm. it then gives other people permission and mm-hmm. the freedom to say, okay, I, I think I can be a part of this yep. conversation. So now that we've all nodded our heads and said, yes, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we're all in agreement here. Yes. So what do you think the root of it is? So in my experience, but also in studying jealousy, what I've noticed and what I've seen is that we fear that what God has for someone else, right? If we're looking at Um, what another woman has or what another person has, we fear that what God has for them is better than what he has for us. And so we get uncomfortable with our calling or the season. This was like so true for me in diaper days. You know, my kids are out of diapers now, but the season, I was like, I love my little boys, but I don't like this season. And, and because we believe the Bible, right? We, you and I here, we love God. Our listeners love God. We believe the Bible and that God places people in the body of Christ as it pleases him. And so we can get frustrated with God and we want to try and control it. So the root of jealousy is fear. Like there's two kinds of fear. There's the emotion of fear. The, the, that's the emotion that says, hey, don't walk out into the street or you're going to get hit by a car. But then there's the spirit of fear. And that opens the door to the spirit of control. And so that spirit of fear wants to paralyze us. It wants to hold us back and it wants to plant seeds of jealousy. And so it comes from just like in uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, we see the fruit of the spirit. It's from walking with the spirit. Well, just a couple verses before that, we see the fruit of allowing Satan and his whispers, what it's like, there's fruit from walking and listening to him. And so it's the spirit of fear. That's where I would say the root is. Mm, That is so good. So good. I love that. Uh, And so we know that, you know, if I can use kind of garden terminology here, Mm -hmm. we've all heard, you might not have a garden per se, but we Mm -hmm. understand Mm -hmm. the concept that in order for a plant to survive or a a crop of some kind, the roots have to be fed, right? Because Mm -hmm. if the root Mm -hmm. isn't getting fed, the plant dies. Okay. Well, we can apply that same, that same imagery or it's early here. What is that metaphor? (laughs) Process. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. We all get it. Right. (laughs) Maybe I need more caffeine. Um, (laughs) uh, but we, you know, when we can apply that to this, you know, this root of, of jealousy, it has to be fed in order for it to stay there. So with that, what do you, what do you think are the main sources of food that feeds that root? Yeah. Uh, Well, because the spirit of fear is whispering lies or screaming at us, you know, from culture, not being in the word continually and rehearsing who we are. That's the first one. I don't want to miss that. I think a lot of our listeners, even like myself, I'd be like, well, that's obvious, but it's, it's the foundation. Other things that feed jealousy would include not being grateful. Again, that's like me in the diaper days. Like I need to choose to be grateful for where I am, where God has placed me in this season. Another one would be um, not being present. 
you know, where I'm stuck thinking about the past, how I could have done better or thinking about the future. How am I going to do better instead of choosing to be present right here and stewarding what God has given me. Other, other things that feed jealousy. Um, as I've been journeying as a woman in leadership, but also supporting women who lead, one of the things that we can see in ministry and in churches, there's th three things that kind of go together. The, the lack of opportunities for women or lack of opportunity to develop and favoritism. Those, those can uh, breed a culture where there's potential for jealousy. Other, other things that would feed jealousy would include um, being mentally and or emotionally unhealthy. Um, unforgiveness breeds jealousy. I feel like unforgiveness kind of just packs, we're going to take that gardening idea. You plant the seed in there. I feel like unforgiveness packs it. It just is like, this seed is going nowhere. And so um, unforgiveness is one that is kind of goes hand in hand with jealousy. As I've seen that in my own life and studying jealousy, that one's, that packs it, that just keeps it right there. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I want to just push pause here for a mm -hmm. minute and circle back to uh, something that you uh, highlighted, just, you know, lack of opportunity and access mm -hmm. as a woman mm -hmm. in leadership and whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be yeah. church leadership, right. it can Business. Be, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So let's not just, you know, kind of can that in, yeah. but we're all leaders because we're, mm -hmm. you know, that's just how God created us. We're all leaders. It's not about a title or a role per se. Right. And I think that sometimes, you know, like for me, I'll just use a church setting, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if there's only one woman at the table, um, because it, the culture isn't really fostered for diversity that way, um, where men and women have opportunity and access. Oftentimes, the woman that's at the table finds it difficult to, mm -hmm. you know, kind of slide down, if you will, and make room for another woman because she fought to get there. You yeah. know, I mean, it was it was hard to get there to be acknowledged mm -hmm. and to and to be looked at that she has something to offer and something to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. my goodness, you know, we kind of feel like, yikes. I mean, if she comes in, so then what am I going to be overlooked again? Because yes. how many yep. of us have experienced that? Mm -hmm. And that's not fun mm -hmm. being overlooked. Mm -hmm. But uh, so there's that. I, I so resonate with that. And mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the unforgiveness piece because that is so, so spot on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's another area that we kind of want to avoid and maybe yeah. not talk about so much because it's hard, you know, yeah. that's a hard topic, but you know, your, your um, analogy of, of just kind of packing it down. I immediately thought of, you know, like when I'm out garden, gardening and I'm transplanting something and I want whatever I planted to kind of just be just really supported and kind of just in the ground, I will pack dirt around mm -hmm. it. And then I'll stand up and I'll kind of put my weight on it, you yes. know, like I'll stand on it. So, cause I don't want it to go anywhere. Love yeah. that unforgiveness is, is just really does not serve us well and right. God's best for us. Uh, so I don't know, maybe we'll have to have you back and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll go on that, that deep topic of, of unforgiveness. <laughs> 
All right. Um, so would you be willing to share with us how you personally have seen jealousy in your own life? Yes. Yeah. I, um, about five years ago is when I started really trying to dig in at this. And, uh, I remember one of my first steps was to start unfollowing people on social media. And then people who were closer to me in my world, I would really do my best to pray for them. I would buy presents for them, whatever I could to serve them, to die to myself, right? But I found I was still struggling. I, I remember thinking for a year, like, I'm good. And I got caught off guard. And I remember thinking, oh, I thought I fixed this. And I felt so defeated. And so um, I contacted, we have this lady in our church. She's an elder and um, gift of counseling. And I remember <clears throat> I go, I went into her office and I said, I have something really embarrassing to share with you. And I, she's, she's um, walked with me through many seasons. So it's not like the first time we've ever talked. So I, I know that I know who I'm talking with. And so uh, I knew that I could share this. And I said, I have something really embarrassed to tell you. And this is really bad. And I feel so much shame. And I just remember kind of going on like, this is so bad. I, I just can't, uh, but I need to say this. And I told her, I said, I'm jealous. And she didn't look at me and go like, okay, so here's what we got to do. We need to repent and we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. What she said, she looked at me in the eye and she said, I am so proud of you. And I remember thinking, first of all, that's not what I expected. But coming into the light and not letting shame win was where I gained power over this because of Jesus. And so in my world, that's, that's how it started. You know, the different things that I was um, practicing, right? that I was doing, those things were fine, but it wasn't until I moved out of my comfort zone and I said, help, that things began to break and there began to be movement. And so, you know, we strive, we all strive to encourage and to challenge and to motivate people, like, especially when we use social media, like that's a really big spot. So I want to, I want to stop that for a second. Like, it's why we're on social media, right? We want to tell people about Jesus. We want to help people, but if we're not careful with our posts and our profiles um, about where we are and what we're doing, we can actually cause people to be jealous. And I'm guilty of that. And I know that on, cause I know on social media, it's easy for me to shift from, oh my gosh, I'm gonna follow her. She's so inspiring. And she makes me wanna dig into the word more. And then slowly over time, it shifts to like, you know, it'd be so much fun to have the interviews that she has or to get that book deal or to have a marriage like that, or to have all my kids smile looking at the camera. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and so that's, that's one, one place. Another place to use the church conversation, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, is just like the lack of opportunity for development. In the church, in churches across America, we have processes and pipelines and systems that favor a certain path, personality, or a certain look or gift mix, and even gender and skin color. And to be honest, I found myself in certain places going, I don't fit that mold. I don't fit that type of person. And so it's been extremely difficult because I've been overlooked. And for years, I've had my gift sit 
be sidelined and um, be undeveloped. And so now though, here's the thing that, you know, as I'm studying jealousy, there's a thing called, uh, there's productive jealousy and there's counterproductive jealousy. And um, there is godly jealousy because we see in the Bible that God is jealous for us and there's satanic jealousy. And so what I've learned and what the Holy Spirit has done in my life is he's brought me to a place where I understand I'm responsible to answer the call of God on my life. And so I need to lean into personal development even if somebody doesn't come to me and say, Steph, I want to develop you. I see the call of God on your life. I'm I'm in college. I'm getting ready to graduate. Woohoo. Um, I got a personal coach. You know her because you, you've had her on the podcast, Melissa Mashburn. Um, I have a coach. I poured myself into books, podcasts, webinars. And for me, and I think one of the things that we can help us as we grow is we can recognize that fulfilling the call of God on our life is more important than listening to the spirit of fear and living in a state of jealousy or fearing that I'm going to miss my calling or like I'm going to keep moving even if there's a certain path that seems really common it's the one that we see that's why we think hey God wants me to go that route and God might say hey you know what let that overlook that overlooking or that rejection can that actually be a detour to move you in the direction that I want you to go? And so it's, that's become the place where that I'm at now, but it has taken a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's spiritual surgery. So, yeah. Uh, I, I want to, well, first of all, thank you for being so vulnerable yeah. and, and sharing because I know for me, and I would venture to say that the listeners too can really resonate with almost everything that you said <laughs> like <laughs> yes <laughs> and yes yeah. again and oh yeah. and that too <laughs> oh yes <laughs> um you know uh, I want to I want to back up and and just offer some clarity into mm -hmm. um something that you had said about overcoming, you know, overcoming jealousy. And one, you said that, you know, you pray for people, pray for those people, and then you would, you know, just buy things for them. And mm -hmm. so can we talk about that just for a minute? How do we know that our motives are pure in that, you know, because sometimes I think that when we are, when we're feeling jealous of someone, mm -hmm. uh, we, in an effort to maybe be noticed by them or kind mm -hmm, of get mm -hmm. into their bubble a little yeah. bit, we will do those types of things. And yeah. so, and then there's uh, no, the other side of that is of course healthy, you know, like, I just mm -hmm. want to bless you. I want to yeah. encourage you, yeah. um, you know, like that. Uh, so how do we know the difference between those two? I think the difference is faithfulness. Time will tell, can we continue to be faithful? that that motive, when it begins exposed that, oh, they're still not noticing me later, are we still going to be faithful? That time, time will reveal our motive. I think the Holy Spirit will also reveal our motive if we um, take the time to say, hey, Holy Spirit, this hurt. I'm going to serve this person, support this person, but can you make sure I'm doing this at a place of love, at a place of I'm cheering for them, as a place of, I want them to know I have their back, even though I didn't get the promotion, or even though my house doesn't look the same as their house, or uh, my kid has a, a situation that, that they don't understand. Or I think faithfulness, really faithfulness will 
over time, it will show whether our motors were pure or not. Yeah. Uh, would you say, well, I'll just be honest for myself, one of the, one of the kind of filters, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, over, over the years in this area for myself of jealousy, you know, am I, am I feeling resentful because they're not yeah. acknowledging me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or am I, am I feeling joyful that I'm just blessing them? You know, that's yeah. a filter for yeah. me. And yeah. I think that like, just that awareness piece of what is Good. going on in our mm -hmm. hearts, yeah. um, you know, because I, I think that we can become really great at just kind of stuffing. And yes. I know that oftentimes, you know, we hear, oh, men are, you know, they can stuff their feelings and they can just <laughs> go on. Well, I think that women can be, you know, pretty good at that too. Yeah. And, um, you know, we try to convince everybody and even convince ourselves that, right. well, my motives are good, yeah. but you know, if we're really feeling, you know, just kind of ugly and resentful on the inside, mm -hmm. because, I'm doing all these things for her, but she's not acknowledging me, you know, perhaps we should take that to, like you said, to the Lord and invite mm -hmm. him to speak into that and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal, you know, is there a hidden motive here? Is there an yeah. unhealthy motive here? Mm -hmm. um, because I just feel like those two, those two things, they feel different. Would you yeah. say that? Yeah. And actually even, I'm glad that you're bringing this up. One of the things as I was talking with, as I was talking with her, one of the things she said, she said, okay, you don't need to pray for this person every day. Only pray for them when she comes to your mind. And that almost released some pressure that I don't have to work so hard to not be jealous. Just when the spirit of fear comes and says, Hey, Steph, you're not good enough. Hey, you're not like that. And so you're not going to get chosen again. And so it's only in the moments rather than trying to go pick a battle, we're waiting for when that, when the spirit of fear comes to us to make us feel like we're not significant or that our work is not valuable, what we're doing. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm, that's good. Uh, I think that we all have specific triggers, if you will, that, you know, mm -hmm. kind of feed this seed of jealousy. Uh, I also think that awareness, like I just said, is, is really powerful in one's life. Mm -hmm. How do you know when you can feel yourself becoming jealous? So at first, and this is where, uh, the awareness thing is really important that we grow in our mental and emotional awareness. You know how anger will kind of take over you and then you'll finally calm down. And then you look back and you're like, Oh, I just exploded. You know, <laughs> I should go back and remedy that. Uh, jealousy can be like that. And so it, where it's, it's, it's like there and you don't realize it until it's too late. And so one of the things that walking with the Holy spirit, with the fruit of the spirit growing in our lives, gentleness, patience, some of those things that are very difficult and take time to develop, they're almost, it's, it's like now it's less of a trigger, not a signal like emotions, but it's definitely, there's like a siren, you know? <laughs> and so for me, I will definitely, I will stop and I will take a breath and I am choosing not to let the spirit of fear derail my day. And so this is where understanding the power of the word, understanding who I am in Christ, understanding I, because of Jesus, have power over the spirit of fear. And uh, it, it's, it's a signal for me to surrender more and to lean into the Holy Spirit. That's where I first start. I breathe and I have to remember whose I am. And that's where I start. And then 
I don't know if you want me to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how I keep going. Okay. Um, I will usually cry because I, and, and not like in public, right. I, I can finish my day or I can finish being in a meeting or, you know, make dinner or whatever, but then by the time, like my, my head hits the pillow and I get in bed, I will usually cry because I so bad, I really want to be somebody who champions all women, even the women who get the opportunities that I don't. And I want to be the woman, I want to champion unity in the church. And so, and jealousy pulls people apart. And so I honestly, I will, I will cry because I'm crying out and I'm saying, Jesus, save me. A spirit of fear is breathing down my neck and he is knocking at my door and I want to get this right. I know what the Bible says, but I also know I've lost in the past and I've let him win. And so there's actually a song on the uh, Belonging Co. album. The title of the album is On Wonder. There's a song called Hosanna and Carrie Job sings the song and the word Hosanna means save me. And I just think about when Jesus is riding on the donkey, coming into Jerusalem during Passover, before he's getting ready to die on the cross, the people are in the streets and they recognize him as the guy who healed Lazarus. They recognize him as, you know, when you're, when you, um, back then, when you're sitting on a donkey and you come into a city, kings usually would either ride in on a horse and that would mean that they're gonna take over the city uh, through war. But if kings would ride in on a donkey, that would signal uh, the message behind that is what that meant was um, that they're going to take over, but through establishing peace. And I found it so interesting because the people now are beginning to realize who Jesus is. And so they're saying, Hosanna, they're saying, save me from Roman oppression, save me from what's happening, you know, in the temple, we got to buy all these perfect animals in order to do the sacrifice. And it's hard to worship God. And there's, you know, you have um, the Samaritan, there's just cultural stuff, there's governmental stuff. And they're saying, Jesus, save us from this stuff. And Jesus is actually saying, hey, I'm here, I'm going to save you from your sin. And so that's, the place that I get into where I'm like, Jesus, I'm not, I don't want to sin. So save me. I'm a human. I'm limited. And I do not want to live by the lies of the enemy that he's screaming at me, that he wants to try to ambush me. I'm determined. And this is where my emotions this is where my tears come from. I'm determined to live by the word of God and not by my emotions. And that's hard. You know, I am determined to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And remember that his grace is sufficient for us, that it's made perfect in my weakness. So I slow down and I cry out to God and I'm like, hey, I know you're the one who's more powerful than this other voice who wants to slow me down. Some other things that I will do in the moment, I will try to just refocus on the task that I'm doing. Am I making dinner? Am I you know, working on a schedule or something? And I will also try to celebrate what God has done in me already because I can kind of look at someone else and go, I would love to have that role. I would love to get to do that. And so stopping to go, look what God did in my life. (laughs) Look what he used me to do. That's, that's not prideful. That's celebrating. And that's what inspires other people. I will choose to forgive the person who overlooked me because you know, there's different people. There's, there's the woman who got the opportunity and then there's the 
person who hired her or the person who, you know, is friends with her or whatever it looks like. And so I got to choose to forgive that other person that overlooked me. And ultimately I have to give up controlling my calling. And that's, that's different. I, I, I'm required to steward the calling that God has for me. Um, I need to advocate for myself. I need to stand up for myself, but at the same time, choosing to give up, you know, controlling how it looks in every season. So there's a couple different steps, but I stop with, I start with breathing and I cry out to Jesus because I know that it is a battle and I want to be somebody who cheers on all women and who promotes unity. So, uh, I just, I don't know if people could see the video um, of this, of this interview. I am like totally leaning in here. <laughs> just, I got it, my tissues. I'm ready. To that, that was, it, that was so good. And like I said, at the beginning of this episode, it's, you just have so much depth. And so being willing to take us to that place of saying, yeah, I've been there and this is what I do when it comes. Uh, and I, I think that two things really stood out to me is there's an intentionality mm -hmm. because it's, it's not, the enemy isn't just going to go away, you know, right. he isn't, you know, and then to remember that in Christ, um, we are not powerless, you know, that, that there is power in bringing those things to the Lord and confessing what is, what is true, you know, and of course we find that in the word. And, and I think that for me to be able to go to him and know mm -hmm. that he's not going to push me away or dismiss right. me or, you know, kind of roll his eyes at me, like, well, that's dumb. Why are you being jealous? You know, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I think that just that honesty with him and helping, asking him to help me celebrate her, help me mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. when, I don't know about you, but when I am in that place of, I feel hurt, I feel overlooked, mm -hmm. I feel yeah. dismissed, whatever the, whatever else yeah. we want to describe it as um, sometimes, well, not sometimes, but when I'm in that, I never really feel like in and of myself that I want to celebrate her, right. that I want mm -hmm. to pray for her, yeah. that I want to cheer for her and champion yeah. her. But I love that, that we have this place in him where we can be vulnerable. We can be raw. We can say, this is how I'm feeling. And mm -hmm. I don't feel like I want to do that. I don't want to yeah. do it. It's not nowhere in me. Mm -hmm. Will you help me? Yeah. Will you help me to do in your grace? Your mm -hmm. grace is sufficient for me, your strength mm -hmm. in, you know, I'm feeling kind of weak in this area. Yeah. Will you pour your strength and your grace into this and help me to, flip the narrative on this and to yeah. expose the lies that I'm listening to and, and that I've been, you know, just kind of feeding um, and replace them with the truth and that she matters and whatever, whatever she's doing isn't more significant than what I'm doing. I think right. that for me, you know, with, with jealousy, it often, this narrative that's in my mind is I'm less significant. Yes, it's exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah. 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 And actually the Bible tells us he gives grace to the humble. And when we go before him, he's like, yes, 
Like, you know, exactly where you are. Like, there's a moment of like, God, I know I can't do this. And he's like, I know you can't do it either. <laughs> and he's like, so now let me give you all this grace, this divine assistance. Let me help you. And the Holy Spirit does that in our lives. He's the one who moves us to that place. Yeah. So good. Oh, just love that. You know, and I, I think that so much of what you said was such a perfect segue into my next question. How can jealousy be damaging in relationships? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that in your life? Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest. I have seen that fracture relationships and yeah. it's, it grieves me when I'm on the mm -hmm. other side and I'm able mm -hmm. to look back and recognize, oh man, you know, yeah. Um, so have you seen that in your own life? Yeah, there's, there's two specific situations that I could think of that are just like so clear where I'm like, whoa, that didn't work. And it's because I, I had not worked on my heart and I missed out because of that. It wasn't like that person missed out and I caused them problems. <laughs> um, and so, you know, jealousy is the sin that comes from listening to the spirit of fear, comes from walking listening to that. And we have to come to the place in the name of Jesus, that spirit has no authority over us. And so no longer is Satan allowed to whisper in our ears and say, you're not good enough. Because anytime we hear I'm not good enough, what I'm doing isn't important. What I'm doing is not value. It will always affect our relationships, you know? And there, so there's kind of like different layers of relationships. It, it affects our relationship with God first. Um, it, it reflect, it affects our relationship with the other woman, the one who got the opportunity, the promotion, uh, who has whatever it is that we're looking at. There's the person who promoted her, who hired her, who, you know, uh, who invited her to the table of the conversation and then the people around us. So because the spirit of fear will paralyze us, it will hinder us in our decision-making it will cloud our perspective. We walk around in that. We walk around cloudy. So we go throughout our day, whether we're at home with our kids or whether we're at work, we're walking around with that shame. It's like there's just this spiral of toxic thoughts and just lies that we get wrapped up in. The situation plus the lies of the enemy plus our own brokenness in our emotions, it can just wrap and just keep going and circling around. And so it invites shame and insecurity and doubt. And what happens when, you know, when I think about the children of Israel, they didn't get to move into, we look in Hebrews and it says, because of their unbelief, because they didn't believe that the promised land, they could move into the promised land. They had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And so what can happen is we can actually wander in our relationships. And we can miss the beauty of those relationships. We can miss the iron sharpens iron kind of relationships. And so we struggle to have friends, you know, at work or in ministry because we're always in competition or we're always comparing and we're always worried uh, or we're, we have anxiety because we're not believing that the call of God on our lives is just as valuable as the call of God on their life. Uh, and so it really, it, other things that happens, you know, if we don't embrace that and recognize that it can waste our time, it can waste our money, and we can miss even future opportunities where people can come to us and say, hey, will you mentor me? And because we're busy looking at this other situation, we miss the opportunity that some opportunities that come right in front of us.
Mm-hmm. So it, it for sure, it for sure hinders our relationships. You know, like we start as brothers and sisters, we start as Kings and priests, but because of jealousy, we become enemies, you know, when we should be cheerleaders, collaborators, having each other's back, you know, recommending each other, standing in the gap for each other. Even as you prayed for me this morning with our conversation before this, we were talking about someone that we love who's, who's not feeling well, how you stood in the gap for me and you prayed for me. We should believe the best in each other when we're hearing things that just sound off that we might disagree with. Trusting that God is working behind the scenes, you know, Isaiah 54 two says, I go before you and I make the crooked paths straight. So when something feels crooked to us, like, Hey, I've been overlooked, trusting that God is working behind the scenes and remember perfect love casts out all fear. So we need to invite love into our relationships and not the spirit of fear. It starts with our relationship with God. Yeah. Oh, love that. And, and I think, um, if I could just expand on that just real quick, over the years when I have been trying and failed miserably to find my, my value and my worth and significance Mm -hmm. and to tell me that I matter from someone extending an opportunity to me or looking at me or acknowledging in some way, shape or form who I am and what I'm doing. You know, I think that it's, it's so easy then to, to get so wrapped up in that. And so then yeah. when they don't, when those things don't come or they don't re- respond the way that we had hoped that they would, mm-hmm. then it, it just, it even just kind of has a ripple effect and we begin to feel rejected and, and that just feeds a whole nother route, yes. you know, a, yes. a rejection there. And so then we walk around as rejected people. Um, and that was never God's design for us when all along our identity is found in, in Jesus who never, ever mm-hmm. changes his mind about us. Mm-hmm. And he never changes the calling on our lives. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't give us a gift and then, you know, take us, take it away. He's not, he's not right. like tricking us or manipulating mm-hmm. us in some way. And so if we can remember that, that we are significant, that we matter, don't we just all want to know I matter, I yeah. matter. And, yeah. and when, when we're walking around as, you know, people that are rejected and feeling overlooked, you know, with just being jealous, mm-hmm. there's that, that feeding of that lie that I don't matter. I don't yeah. matter. And man, you do matter. Um, I just want to speak that over yeah. you today. And I, I know that Steph would too, that you do matter. Your life matters. And, can I just humbly encourage you can um, share a little bit of a prayer that I often say, God, will you come and write on my heart and remind me of who you are and what is true, the things that you think about me Mm. and about my life and about my future remind me because I'm feeling a little defeated here and Mm -hmm. I just need a reminder and he's faithful to do it. You know, he's not a one time and it's done, you know, he's faithful to do that. So, uh, why do you think women especially find it difficult to celebrate one another genuinely? I think, you know, how you mentioned women, like uh, previously, just in this conversation, if a woman gets to a conversation and she's the only one at the table, she might worry if she invites another woman to the table, if she's going to be overlooked again. And I think, 
as I said a little bit before, scarcity, it highlights that. The lack of opportunity, the lack of development, um, it highlights that. And so, and I think even it's the more that I've studied jealousy, I will tell you this, my eyes were wide open. We, we live in America and in the Western world, everyone is jealous. <laughs> it's not just a female thing, but I remember feeling like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. Like, what, uh, And when we learn about it and when we study how jealousy comes out, like how it manifests is really interesting in different ways. And so it's not just a, a woman thing, but I love that we are going to talk about it. I think um, we, we think a lot. And so why do we, why do we struggle to celebrate each other? I think that we, we want to help. I think that we are born, God created us. He said, it is not good that Adam is alone. And so we want to help, we want to navigate, and we want to be a part of what God is doing in the communities that we love. And we know that we're supposed to be a part of what God's doing on the earth. So when we see somebody else is getting um, to participate in a way that we can't, like for whatever the reason is, it can be really difficult then because we see, we know we're called and we're chosen, but we're not invited or we're not followed on social media or we're not subscribed to. Um, and so what feeds makes it difficult for us to celebrate each other is a lack of opportunity, maybe a, a shallow understanding of the word or identity, or we've forgotten. I think listening to the wrong voices will make it hard for us to celebrate each other and FOMO, <laughs> you know, just fear of missing out causes us to um, really have a hard time celebrating other people. I think sometimes, you know, the Bible says, do not be afraid. Joshua 1, 8 and 9, he says, be strong and have courage. And so we've got to be bold, right? And for women, there is a narrative that being bold is prideful. Um, being assertive is not look, people don't like assertive women, <laughs> generally speaking. And so um, it can be negative. And so then what happens is we struggle to actually be ourselves, right? And so because we struggle to celebrate ourselves and what God is doing in our lives, we don't know how to celebrate what God's doing in someone else's life. We, we can think that it's prideful. We think sometimes we can, we can get nervous because maybe depending on uh, where you've grown up, you might think that, well, if I talk about what is happening in my life, I'm taking the spotlight off of God. But I totally disagree, actually, because what happens is we are sharing what God is doing in our lives. And so being proud of achievements and being assertive and leading strong, it's not wrong. It's actually putting the spotlight on God and what he does through us. And because we're leaders, it inspires other people to think, oh, God can do that in my life too. And so it's a shift of mindset that we need to have so that we can celebrate uh, other women. That's what the power of the gospel does. It redeems our thoughts and the mind of Christ does that. And that's why Satan sends the spirit of fear to scream in our face. And that's why he wants us to hide it in shame. And as loud as he can, he wants us, he wants our eyes to be taken off the truth because he knows that when God's girls are released, he's not going to win. And so we, cause we know the Bible says God will not fail us and he's not a man that he should lie. And so when we begin to grab onto these promises and the power of the word, when we begin to use our sword, when we begin to use the Bible and it's our sword and we begin to fight. Satan doesn't get to win. I was actually on the phone with my dad. Uh, I don't know how many weeks ago, early in January, he said, it's not fair. He said, Satan 
it's going to try to win, but it's not fair. He's not going to win. And I think holding on to that truth instead of listening and trying to wiggle our way through the lies, trying to justify or figure out a way to, you know, explain it or unravel it ourselves. We got to grab onto the truth Mm -hmm. because when we can celebrate what God is doing in our lives, then we can celebrate what God is doing in other women's lives. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, love that. So a couple of questions as we as we wrap up. Thinking of the woman listening today that feels like, you know, wow, this so resonates with me. Have you somehow, you know, gotten a hold of pages of my journal? Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, just she just feels just trapped in jealousy. What would you say to her today? There's a couple of practical things that I would start out with. I would say, make sure that you're getting rest mentally and emotionally. Make sure that you're getting rest. Make sure that you're clear on what your next God assignment is. What does he have you working on? And um, make sure that you, you know that you're obeying, that you're doing the right things that he's asking you to do. Learn to discern how and when you need to stand up for yourself. Because sometimes being overlooked, we don't just go, okay, well, next time. There are some times that we need to go back and to have conversations. Some of the things that I would say, I wanted to equip you before I encourage you. So, because if you start crying, if I start crying, the practical stuff, we're not gonna even hear. So um, study jealousy and fear in the Bible because the more I learned about it, actually the less shame I experienced because it wants me to not feel or acknowledge my jealousy. And shame wants me to think that I'm a horrible person for being ticked off that another gal has an incredible opportunity instead of being able to cheer for her. Other things like plan ahead that when you know you're going to be, when you get to work and you're going to see that person again, um, or if you're going to, it's a family thing, when you're going to see her again, you don't have to stress and then fumble over your words. Be bold. Remember, this is the spirit of fear that wants to paralyze you. So you've got to be bold and let's be intentional cheerleaders instead of situational cheerleaders. Let's choose. We're going to be bold. We're going to cheer her on, even though it's hard. Get counseling. That's another great step to help us unwrap these lies uh, that we're believing. And then I have this book. It is incredible. So after I was studying the Bible, I was like, okay, I want to do more reading. And I found this book. It's called Jealousy, the Sin No One Talks About. And I can, I'll, I'll send you a link to this by R.T. Kindle. And it's about how to overcome envy and live a life of freedom. The book is so good. I wish I could buy it for every Christian. And I, I've never had that thought really. So Jealousy, the Sin No One Talks About by R.T. Kindle. It's powerful, very practical. And the other thing that I would say another practical thing to just like try to keep cheering for other women because the more that you do the easier it will will become but now let me stop and let me talk in less practical and more encouraging like heart to heart right here I'm so sorry here come the tears (laughs) I am so sorry that you have been overlooked and I am so sorry that it's hard no I completely understand how you feel And know that our culture, even in the church, is changing. Culture in in the marketplace and in ministry, it's changing. The church and leaders, they're, they're waking up to the idea of not just equipping just a certain group of people, but equipping all, that Ephesians, equipping all the saints for the work of the ministry. And I want you to know 
God doesn't play favorites. It doesn't matter how you're treated by family, by your boss or peers, how they see you is not how he sees you. And if you were the only one on this earth, he still would have sent his son to die for you. And that's why it's not very practical, but it's so important that you understand to begin to face this and to begin to unravel from this, we have to know that there's someone in our corner. We have to know that there's someone on our side because it is a mental and emotional, not just a spiritual, but it's a mental and emotional wrestle. It is very, very messy. And so we need to know that someone's in our corner and that is Jesus. And so I want you to know you can win. You can have victory. And there is no condemnation. There's no condemnation. And in fact, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So even as you go into the battle, and it means you kind of have to look at your scars from past battles, and you kind of got to navigate this and you got to figure out how to study the Bible and this really emotional and this deep, painful topic, understand that we can go into this knowing that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind, that we can go through this thinking clearly. Says God loves you and he's not going to rip you off and i think it's the spirit that wants to tell us that that's the, you know the, the spirit of fear wants us to go you're not good enough and so you're not going to get to experience the goodness of god the way somebody else is but god is good and he does good and there are good things that he wants you to experience yeah he loves you Oh, so good stuff. So good. Just thinking about, you know, different people in the Bible that also felt overlooked and dismissed. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Bible is, is full of stories of people that, you know, were kind of pushed off to the side as they didn't have anything to offer um, for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. And, um, you know, I, in, (sighs) in my, in my latest book, I, you know, the main characters are David, Goliath and his brothers, you know, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. dad. And, you know, I, I talk about this, this issue of being overlooked. I mean, here's this young shepherd boy, uh, not even thought of, not even like a possibility to even be included in, you know, could he be the next king? I mean, they just didn't even consider him. He wasn't even, you know, he wasn't even brought in. He wasn't even invited. Yeah. Talk about, you know, just exclusivity here yeah. um, and being overlooked and dismissed. And and yet we know in, in David's story, God said, uh, you know, man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. Amen. And there, there's just, there's so much truth in, um, just opening our Bibles and looking at those stories of how mm-hmm. Jesus always seen them. It didn't matter yes. their um, socioeconomical status, didn't matter their physical, you know, issues. If they were blind, yeah. if they were, you know, prostitutes or it just yeah. didn't matter. Jesus seen them and added value to them. And uh, it, it's just, 
it's really, really important. I think that both Steph and I just really want you to walk away with, if there's one thing, um, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like this episode is so packed, but if there's one thing that you walk away with is knowing that you are seen and Mm. that you matter, uh, that Mm. your life matters and not one day, not one day, not, not one hour, not one minute, not one second has God ever dismissed you or overlooked you. He knows exactly where you are, that all over the world, people are crying out to him, you know, and asking him to intervene on their behalf or whatever. And yet he sees you and he hears you right in your own little corner of the world. Why? Because Mm -hmm. you matter to him. You matter to him. So be sure to get that book. Um, And it's RT, like, like RT. Kendall. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll Mm -hmm. put that in the show notes. Okay. Ooh, that sounds like a good one. Uh, All right. Just really quick. If we're honest sometimes, and boy, this might even be a whole nother topic, but um, if we're honest, sometimes we can feel overlooked by God. You know, we're kind of touching on that already. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you just speak into really quick, you know, sometimes it's hard when, man, we've been just standing and believing and you know, just really trying to do our best to stay faithful. And it's, it's hard when we see Mm -hmm. people that we love receiving the very things that we have been believing for. And so can you just speak to her today? Yes. Here's two, two quick things. The first thing is the incredible thing about jealousy is that it can spur us on to die to ourselves more. And so it can so that God can do more in our lives. And so we can train our minds and train our emotions, obviously with the help of the Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. Um, Let jealousy, use it as a signal to tell us to become more dependent on the Holy Spirit. That'd be the first thing. And then the second thing, really practical, steward what you have with excellence. So if there's something, instead of piling on, another project, right? Instead of piling on more, look at what's on your plate and say, is there something that I can upgrade for the glory of God? How am I stewarding this season? Well, I'm a firm believer of what I steward now births, what God's going to want me to steward in the future. And so learning to steward that and the, uh, developing the self-discipline in this space actually flexes my muscles and prepares me for the next season for those things. And so God can do those things in my life. So yeah. Yeah. Good stuff right there. Boy, flipping the narrative right there. You said jealousy can spur us on to die for ourselves or die Mm -hmm. to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Boy, that's just really flipping that narrative and actually seeing and recognizing the potential in jealousy. Love Mm -hmm. that. That is so Mm -hmm. powerful right there. If we can really just lend our faith to that. Wow. Mm -hmm. So good. Mm -hmm. All right. This was such a great topic. Uh, Steph, thank you so much for all of the wisdom, the life experience that you shared with us, the investment Mm -hmm. into my life and to the listener's life. It's so good. So good. Um, Where can people find you? So you can find me online, andersonswife.com or Instagram at andersonswife. There are so many Stephanie Andersons. I don't have a mom blog or a wife blog uh, or anything like that, but there's so many Andersons that right now I'm Anderson's wife. (laughs) And so those are the two fastest ways to get a hold of me. Anderson is S-O-N. 
at the end. So Anderson's wife, all lowercase, no punctuations or anything like that. Got it. Got it. Hey, um, easy peasy. I would highly encourage you to follow her. Um, she is just really uh, putting out into the world some really great content, much of what you heard today. So uh, I just really believe that this information um, added value to you. And thank you again for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Steph, for being here. We, we love you, appreciate you, and look forward to having, for having you me. back um, again in the future. All right, ladies, thank you again for tuning in. Um, until next time, remember that you are seen, you are heard, you're known, you're fully loved right now, and that God could never love you any more than he loves you right now. Stay well and I will catch you next week. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.